This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I am a real American, fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American, fight for what's right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode six of Amherst Weekly, where we talk about the Rochester Americans, the AHL affiliate of the Buffalo Sabres. I am your co-host, Chad Edemanis, and joined, as always, by Keith Wozniak from Let's Go Amherst. Keith, what is going on, man? Not much, not much. We're uh, enjoying a 500 weekend over here, and basking in all the buzz and excitement of what the Sabres are doing right now. Yeah, we're uh, we're rolling on nine straight wins this morning, and uh, it's, you know, it's it's not like they're winning. I mean, maybe it's up to Flyers game. It's not like they're winning anything going away here. They're winning in shootouts, overtimes, last-second goals. So it's it's taking some years off your life, but it's a, it's a fun ride. Yeah. It's, it's nice when both teams are going and everybody's happy. Yeah, you know what? It's uh, for anyone who paid attention to the Emmerichs closely last year, it's what the Sabres are doing kind of mirrors what they did. And last year, the Emmerichs tied a league record for 29 overtime games. You know, so it was a lot of last minute goals, finding ways to win, making them win and got them to the playoffs. So it's, uh, it's, it's interesting watching, you know, things can unfold in a similar way, but Buffalo's doing it definitely a little more exciting fashion than what the Emmerichs did last season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they sit atop the NHL standings today. We'll see how things go after today. But for now, we wake up as the best team in hockey. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if that continues here as we move forward. But the big news of, I guess, the last few days, I guess through Friday, uh, the Sabres made their first call-up. They called up Lawrence Pilot, the flashy defenseman who we've talked about numerous times on here. He didn't play Wednesday, so we're like, eh, maybe we'll see him Friday. Nope. Didn't see him Friday either. Scandella was back in the lineup. And the Amherst didn't get him back on Friday, which Amherst ended up losing on Friday. He returned to the team on Saturday. The Amherst won on Saturday. But how was that whole pilot situation received down in Rochester? I'm assuming not very well, especially that he missed Friday. You know, it, it's let the record show that for, uh, you know, last season we joked around a lot. Well, I don't know about joked around. There's some healthy discussions when, you know, <laughs> Linus was called up. And right, right. Alex was called up and didn't, you know, we thought he didn't deserve it. But. You know what? Pilot was called up, and uh, the opinions were pretty much same everywhere. He deserved it. He's an NHL player, and 
it made sense to call him up on Wednesday. And then, you know, once Friday afternoon rolled around, it everybody seemed to agree, whether you're Amherst fan, Sabres fan, that did not make any sense that he was going to be sitting in the press box yet again when, hey, one of the benefits is you can hop in the car and you can be there in an hour. Right. So, the, you know, the fact that possibly the organization's second-best defenseman sat in a press box and did not play while two teams were at home on Friday was just, yeah, just it baffling. Um, you know, it makes sense for the insurance call-up, but at some point, you know, they had to know he wasn't going to be needed. You know, there's really, you know, I don't buy in the sense that, uh, you know, you can't hop in the car and drive an hour to play. You know, there's uh, the guy's 22 years old. Did he really, does he really need to rest and prepare? Uh, you know, and he didn't practice for two days. So, right. I don't know. But uh, either way, you know, it just shows everybody was kind of in agreement that it just did not make any sense that what happened and what transpired and that he didn't play. And, uh, you know, as the Amherst game was going on Friday night and things weren't looking good and they weren't playing well. And then the news kind of trickled over that he was reassigned and, yeah, it was like, oh, hey, could have been better two hours ago instead of <laughs> <laughs> now and watching him walk in the door as the bus was about to depart. Yeah, I mean, it was it's odd, and I, I don't. I mean, maybe they were really, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were really unsure about Scandella, but you had Bullu still there, so I, I don't know. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. I, I thought maybe they couldn't make any roster moves after the game, but I don't think that was really the case either. So. I don't know. It was it was an odd situation. I think if the plan was never to play him in the first place, then maybe you could have got somebody else up there to hang out for two days. I mean, there's people who say, well, maybe being around the team, you know, is, is kind of nice for being around a winning team. But they didn't practice. There was they didn't have a morning skin on Friday, so he really didn't get much of that in. So it's I don't know. It, it's odd. You know, it it kind of with all the excitement going on here, you know, you kind of maybe thought that there'd be a chance that we'd see him in there, but. No luck. So, what are you going to do? Yeah, and you know, it's like you said, they didn't practice, they didn't skate. Uh, you know, what were they going to do? Do video work? Uh, you know, that already happens in Rochester with you know right. all the, what he does down here. So it's you know, the Emmerich's practice Friday or Thursday. They had a full practice Friday morning with the whole team. Baffling. Um, you know, it's still. I think he could have been a difference maker in the Emmerich's game on Friday night. You know, they, they still should have won without him. There's no doubt about that. But you know, the the guy is just that good that he is a difference maker in, in what he can do. And when he's not in a lineup anywhere, you know, that's something that is questionable. So speaking of Friday, uh, what necessarily, I guess you could say, besides pilot, what went wrong for the Amrix on Friday in their five, three loss? Everything. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it uh, you know, he kind of follows. Sometimes you follow the lead of what a coach says after a game, and sometimes you know you disagree with them. Um, you know, Chris Taylor said it was one of the most disappointing games of the season for him. You know, and that with the lineup that they had on the ice, they still should have won. And then uh, you know, I know you shared it, and pretty much everybody else saw the uh, you know wonderful Gooley giveaway. At yeah, the, yeah. Right up, right up the middle. Um, you know, it was probably. You know, if you watch it, the puck just went off the end of his blade. You know, it, it happens. But when you're at that level, that's something that can't happen in a close game. And it was, you know, that last goal kind of, that was a killer. Uh, you know, there were so many other 
situation. There was goaltending, there was offside, there was penalties, and it was just a, a total team loss. But you know, look down at you know that giveaway by Gooley is kind of what took everything out of the team. And you know, then they ended up losing. Um, and it, yeah, it was just it was just an ugly game all around. So Gooley's a guy we kind of talked about last week, and I'm going to circle back a little bit on him to start what's the you know he's off to a slow start but there's still you know you can still see some things in his game that are promising what is it just like a in your opinion at this point it's just like a mental thing or just it's a guy that's in a rut that's just needs to play himself out of it we talk about things on a you know weekly basis uh same thing happens on twitter you talk about things on a weekly basis and you know i don't want anybody to say hey we're calling this kid a bust all of a sudden it's just he's just not playing very well and you know, you can at 21 years old, you can play yourself out of it, and that's what he has to do. And I think that's why you know he probably played again Saturday night and got right back in the lineup. You know, he didn't make any of the giveaway mistakes that he did on Saturday night, like he did on Friday. We talked about it last week, week before. He's just not, you know, he's he's not the Brendan Gooley that everybody saw last season. He's not flying down the ice. He's not, you know, leading an offensive rush. He's he's just there. He's uh. Don't want to say it, but he's almost on a Matt Tennyson level right now. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you look at the you know what he's doing the stats. Uh, you know, Gooley's got nine assists in the season in seventeen games. So it's you know that right there should be hey that's pretty good. We got two goals and seven assists in nine games, but then he's minus three, and you know he seems to be on the ice when there's those big goals. It's just yeah, he's in the wrong place at the wrong time, and it's costing the team. Hmm. That's something we'll kind of keep an eye on here as we go the next few weeks. But I kind of wanted today I wanted to ask you about a few guys, well, a few guys in a certain topic, you know, that we haven't talked about yet recently. Where I'm going to start with the topic is the goaltending situation. We kind of talked about it at the end of last week's podcast. I wanted to pick up on it again this week. So it looks like kind of Wilcox and Wedgwood are, I don't want to say splitting the net, but basically in a way splitting the net. So what's What's the deal with the goaltending? Is it kind of a rotation tandem there? Is there one guy who's supposed to be the starter that's not taking it? What's the plan in that? Yeah, I mean, Wedgwood is obviously the, the starter. He's the he's the number three goalie in the organization. He's on right, the NHL right. deal. You know, he's being almost paid almost half a million dollars to be in the AHL. So he's he's the number one guy. You know, if something happens in Buffalo, they have to call up a goalie. They're calling him up. They're not going, they're not skipping over him, going right to Jonas in Cincinnati. So it's, uh, you know, it's the, what's the word? These internal competition. So, you know, last Sunday, Adam Wilcox stole the game. You know, he made a ton of big saves that kept him in the game and ultimately the Emirates won. So, you know, if you're going by that mindset of, hey, you're rewarded with how you play, you know, Wilcox got to start on Friday night and, you know, it wasn't his best game, but, you know, as the team loses, so do the goalies. So it's, Partially on him, but not all on him. So, you you know, if Wedgwood is in the game, would the same thing have happened? Probably. You know, that uh, just seems to be the Wedgwood is the starter on Fridays. It's been the way all season so far. But, you know, hey, they gave Wilcox a nod for what he did last week and kind of what keeps the team rolling. So if you're going to be rewarded, you're going to play. It's really it, – it makes sense. You know, Wedgwood is the guy they brought in the free agency. is not that two-way deal. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that he's the starter. It's just – and, again, it – it also makes sense to you kind of see rotation down there because most of the games Amherst play are on back-to-back nights and you rarely see a goalie go two nights in a row. So it kind of makes sense right, to see that, that rotation. 
Yeah, and unless they're playing a three and three, then you're going to see they're going to split the weekend. That's just, that's, you know, that's how it is. And there's very few American League teams that are where you're just going to keep rolling the same goalie, you know, two starts back to back, unless your backup is just that bad or not playing well or hurt or something. Or, or if you have a goalie that's just that hot, then he's going to play. So another guy I want to ask you about who we haven't talked about recently is Danny O'Regan. Now he's the guy that Sabres picked up from the Evander Kane trade. Uh, you know, we really haven't seen a lot of them a little bit in with the Sabres, but nothing much, but look at his numbers this year, seven goals, four assists, 11 points in 19 games. So it looks like he's still being productive. How is the season going for O'Regan so far? Yeah, he's the, he's the guy I think I mentioned that he's, you know, he's got a quiet seven goals. You know, it was, you know, we're early in the season. Everybody was hyped about hyped up about Golson and, you know, what he was doing. And, you know, it's a matter of a few games where Regan has passed him. You know, he's got seven goals. He's second on the team behind Redmond. And just a quiet player, it seems. He's, you know, goes out there, does a job. He's not a, you know, he's not going to be flying down the ice. But get on the puck on his stick. And the guy's got an amazing release as far as what he can do on the shot. And He does, yeah. It's paying off not flashy it's not it's all under the radar it's you know he just gets the job done where does he fit as far as a you know nhl lineup goes that's it's tough to say um you know he doesn't he's all around he's a pretty decent player and it's shown with the points he's getting you know but he's probably gonna fall under the radar as far as you know what he can do he's not just doesn't seem to be the same defensively um you know as far as the two-way game goes so that's probably you know his biggest weakness as a player yeah he's that guy where i kind of i kind of place him as like a a borderline nhl player right i I think he has ability and he's definitely shot i think his his shot is nhl caliber it's just that i don't it's something that i feel like when he's when he plays nhl games like just he doesn't flash enough and and maybe like i said that that's what it is he plays a quiet game he's not going to be a speed guy he's not you know going to be running around hitting people over the ice it's he kind of just does his thing plays his game and I don't know. He's a, a guy I've always just kind of kept an eye on because you know, of that Evander Kane trade, but I, I just don't know if there's a long-term, I guess you could say, NHL future for him. He kind of seems like a guy who has a very successful HL career, gets a few NHL games here or there, but nothing that not a player that believes really in a stick on a team for a long time. Yeah, I 100% agree with that as far as what his capabilities are and ceiling. Um, you know, as the season goes, if he keeps it at this pace, you know, wait, we you know, a couple months or another month, we may have a different discussion about him. And, right. you know, he's, you know, like you said, he came over in the trade, so we really didn't get to see a full season out of him. Um, you know, maybe it's just the fact that, hey, he's settling into the team as far as, you know, now that he's got a full season here, he's going to be here or expects to be here. You know, he's finding his way. So, hey, that may be, you know, the way he falls into place and they see where he can, where he could play, what he can do. And, you know, Chris Taylor's goal is to get everybody to the NHL. So, right. you know, we may talk about, hey, he may not have a future there, but, you know, the coaching staff is going to find every little player and try to find their weaknesses and see what they can do to get them there. So seven goals in 19 games, second on the team, it's, it's pretty good and definitely. that's something to definitely keep an eye on. So the other guy that I'm going to transition to here is a defenseman. He's one of my favorite prospects, you know, in the Sabre system, Will Borgen. You know, he's, he's another guy speaking of quiet game. He's just, you know, a relaxed, quiet player, does his thing, great, you know, solid defensively. And 
I think he had a pretty decent camp and he was here with the Sabres. You could still tell that he needed some things to work on before he was NHL ready. Now he has a goal for assists, five points. How's things going for Will Borg and Donald? You don't really hear a lot about him. Yeah, you don't hear a lot about him because he's a, he's a defensive defenseman. You know, he has one job and, you know, he gets puck out of the zone. He gets the puck up to the forwards to, for them to do their thing and he gets out of the way. Um, you know, he's, that's, that's what he does. Um, you know, just to mention another name really quick and go back to him, Andrew, Andrew McWilliam is the same way on the Emmerich's roster, just a defensive defenseman. And, you know, a week and a half ago, we kind of talked to him after a practice and joked with him that, hey, your job is pretty easy because the media typically doesn't want to talk to you because <laughs> what you do is, <laughs> you know, it's not flashy. You're not describing any plays. You're just stopping pucks, getting pucks out. So those guys have it easy as far as oftentimes media doesn't talk to them. You know, every once in a while you pop them in, but no, he's a solid player. Well, Borgen was, you know, last season, in the eight games he played with the Emmerichs, it was, you know, it was impressive. He plays physical, he gets the puck out. Um, you know, he's smart with it. He's good on the penalty kill. I said last year that he was definitely an impressive player to watch. And he is again this season. Almost seems like that role is a dying breed in hockey. Um, you know, but some guys can still make career out of it. And that's, that's definitely Morgan's goal. Yeah. I kind of see him. You know, I said to a few people that I, I, I kind of see him and not like next season or anything, but down the road. And I think he could be a perfect guy to strap, you know, with Rasmus Dahlin, you know, let Dahlin go play his offensive style and Morgan could play that solid stay at home defensive mindset and, you know, really help out Dahlin. And they played together in the preseason in Buffalo and it looked like it went pretty well, but Anybody you put with Dowling looks pretty good, but you know it's it's something to look to look at down the road. Right? That's a possibility. You know, he's a right shot defenseman. Where Dowling's a left shot defenseman, it kind of makes some sense. So that's kind of where I always had my eye on with Borgen is is you know let's see if he can continue to develop. Let's see if he can really show the style that he plays. Like you said, it, it's a dying breed. Let's see if that style can work and get to the NHL, and then and then we'll talk about trying to come next to Dowling and see if that works out. Yeah, they you know you need guys that are willing to block shots and, you know, play physical in your own end and get pucks out and be on the penalty kill. And, you know, it's not a fun job. It's not something that I'm sure, you know, a lot of players want to, the role they want to be in and some guys thrive in it. And Will Borgen can definitely, can definitely be there. He's still, you know, he came out of college early to, to play. So, you know, he said maybe not this season, but, you know, hey, have another big camp next year and you know, never know what he can do. So the last guy I want to ask you about is uh, I didn't have it on my list, but I, I kind of looked up his numbers before the podcast started here, and that's that's Alex Nylander. Who I'm kind of surprised. 17 points in 19 games, which kind of I didn't think I knew he was doing well, but I didn't think he had that many points. Uh, he scored an empty net goal I saw yesterday. I know he's been very up and down so far this season, but uh, where are we here in the Nylander roller coaster? Are we at a high point, or are we still <laughs> on our way down? <laughs> no, we're we're definitely back to a high point with the kid. So he's. You know, he had a good weekend, and, you know, what he did, uh, you know, was Saturday Saturday night. He, um, you know, he set up, had a great feed to Kevin Porter. He took the puck down, you know, along the goal line, backhand pass right up the gut. And not the, you know, backhanded pass up the gut that you cringe about. It was, right. he picked his head up, looked, saw Porter in the slot, gave him the puck, Porter scored. So, you know, it's with Nylander, I know we had a discussion last season was, you know, hey, he had a lot of points, but a lot of them were secondary assists. Um, you know, now he's, he's getting those primary assists, and he was, you know, in a great spot, great pass. 
uh, you know, the empty net goal, some people, you know, sometimes an empty net goal or whatever, it's just an empty net goal, but you know, he, he made created pressure on the blue line. He forced a turnover, took the puck down and scored. It was, you know, it was a one goal game at that point, And, you know, they ended up giving up another goal, but you know, the way he played on the blue line, forcing that was, you know, Hey, it was give him credit for that. Um, you know, I think what was, what was it last week? Anyway, days mixed up, but at recent practice, you know, they were amateur practicing and they were practicing along the boards and Chris Taylor stopped practice. And, you know, he, in a very loud kind of dad voice called out Alex and called him out for reaching into the corners. And he's, you know, he's like, you got to hit, you got to get in there. You got to, you got to attack the puck. Don't just poke into it. And, you know, it seemed to have gotten through to him. So we're, you know, we're back on the high point for Alex and hopefully it stays that way because when he's a good player, he makes things happen. And, you know, we saw Saturday night for the, you know, the way he got his points. That's good. That That's promising to keep that going. So the Amherst have a game on Saturday or Friday, Saturday. Again, they are in their home against Wilkes-Barre on Friday at Binghamton again on Saturday. Uh, quickly, how are, I mean, we know about Binghamton. So I guess we can kind of skip them and talk about them last week, but. What's the matchup with Wilkes-Barre looking like on Friday? Uh, looking at Wilkes-Barre, they're they're kind of middle of the road. Um, you know, it's they're playing just over 500 hockey, so you know, it's until we see a team, it's really kind of tough to know what they can what they can do. Um, you know, but they're still playing 500 hockey. They're not that much below the Amherst as far as you know what they're what they're capable of. Uh, it's still early in the season for everyone. You know, I'm going to go with the same. Same thing I've said all year. Now it's it's expect two wins. Can beat the Penguins. Uh, you know we saw last night they can beat Binghamton. So you know they they win as a team, they lose as a team. And when everybody is contributing and everybody's playing well, you know they can beat anybody. And that's that's the expectation that they all have. And you know that's what we're going to roll with. So it's looking ahead to two wins. You know both for both games, and that's the only acceptable answer. Yeah, the standings look like they got a little bit closer. Syracuse, 9-0-1 their last 10 games. The Amherst only hold a three-point lead in the standings now. Last time we talked, it like I think it was like a five-point lead, but Syracuse's hot, you know, hot roll here, like the Sabres, has got them back in this conversation. Yeah, it's the uh, same thing happened last season. Syracuse started in, you know, losing some games. They started at the bottom, and, you know, and then they, they found their way, and they found their way to start scoring, and, you know, you look at uh, one of the big reasons, uh, one of many reasons, is they got Corey Conacher back in the lineup. And, you know, the guy's got okay. nine goals and 16 assists in 13 games. Wow. Okay. Put that thing in. Nine goals, 16 assists in 13 games. That's, <laughs> That's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're, you know, they're still missing players. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure exactly what they're missing, but, you know, they're, they're a team that's putting it all together and that's, that's, you know, that's what they did last season. That's how they rolled all over the Amherst. And, you know, we look at the Rochester roster, and that's what they want to be doing. They they saw that. They've seen what Syracuse did last year. They've seen what Toronto did in previous seasons. And, you know, they need to keep rolling. They can't be on this roller coaster of, you know, up and down, or else they're going to be quickly passed in the standings. And, you know, then it's going to be playing catch-up, and that's, that's not the way they want to play. So the last few weeks – We've stuck with the same players here on our little call-up section here with Pilot and Smith. Uh, I assume Pilot's going to say the same. Are we going to say Smith is still at the top of the list for a call-up too? Yeah, absolutely. It's Friday night. Even Hammers lost. DJ had three assists. 
you know, another assist on Friday and yeah, he's just continues to play great hockey. You know, he's getting more assists than goals. And I think, you know, once, once uh, Kyle Chris Cole gets back in the lineup, I think we'll see, you know, see him score more goals. You know, those two seem to have great chemistry as far as, you know, feeding each other the puck. And right now CJ is just doing a better job of feeding the puck to Kevin Porter and Wayne Simpson. And, you know, if he can, if he can feed those guys the pucks and they can score the goals, that's, you know, that's going to go a long way. I think, uh, you know, you guys got to play them up in Buffalo. It's getting more assisting goals lately, it seems, and they're winning games. <laughs> we have a few of those players, but one in particular that's yeah. running under the radar, Mr. Jack Eichel, who's slowly, quietly, I think, getting himself into the conversation as one of the best centers in the league. But, uh, you know, we'll kind of see. I mean, it's hard for him to get the love when, you know, I got Jeff Skinner out here scoring every single game. And it was who has 18 goals and was in the lead for the – uh, goals in the league until Lyman decided to use to score five goals last night. So he's up there though, and it's it's exciting with Skinner and it's exciting what Eichel's doing. So that's uh, that's good. And you know, unfortunately for Amrix fans, I don't think you're going to be getting Tage Thompson, a guy we've talked about the last couple of weeks here. I don't think he's coming down to Rochester anytime soon because he looks like a completely different player. And if he unloads a shot like I saw last night continuously, he's going to score some goals in this league because that. I, it was in the net before Howard even moved, and it, it was it was unbelievable. So he's, you know, they put him on his off wing, and things have turned around. So maybe that's all they needed. And you know, there's still some things here and there, but he's definitely a factor in games. He's using a shot, his body, uh, and you know, even that long poke check, which got his reputation in the in the preseason on that long stick, long poke check where he's coming from behind, taking the puck away from guys, poking puck off their stick. So. So good things went on for Thompson. So unfortunately for Amherst fans, I don't think they're gonna be getting him anytime soon or ever. Yeah, it's unfortunate for Sabres fans too that uh, you know he wasn't sent down when everybody wanted to send him down right. a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so that would have been, uh, you know, it's yeah, you know, it's Dave Thompson, an interesting one. You know, it, he could be the classic. You know what? Maybe he sits out and you know gets his chance to play. Says, all right, I better get my act together, but. You know, once uh, I'm not sure what the status is, but once Wilson comes down, they're still gonna have to make some make send someone down, right? Or yeah, make the, a move and yeah, do they're something. gonna have to. Yeah, I mean, unless there's an injury. Now they talked about with Wilson. I think the update this week was he was gonna start skating soon. So I think we're you know probably at least two three weeks away from having this conversation. So they have Berglund on IR right now, so we'll see kind of what happens here. But you would assume you would assume the move would be to if everybody's healthy to squeeze. Ellie through waivers and see how that goes, but you know, we'll I guess we'll we'll set that conversation for a couple of weeks down the road because it'll be it'll be interesting for sure. I kind of wonder, you know, if Wilson comes back if they don't assign him to Rochester for a week or two for an assi- uh, conditioning stint. So uh, that's something we can always talk about down the road too. Yeah, but and you know, if anybody still feels they want to send Tage down, no one's going to complain. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's one of those things that everybody had that thought, and you know it. I guess they were right this time, and everybody loves to be wrong when when that happens because he's certainly playing a big role in the Sabres are doing. Absolutely. So that is Keith Wozniak from Let's Go Amrix. Make sure you follow them on Twitter at Let's Go Amrix and definitely check out their Amrix content at letsgoamrix.com. Keith's had a lot of good stuff up over the last few weeks, so definitely go check the site out. And make sure you're following us on Twitter at BTB Hockey and checking us out at uh, DieByTheBlade.com for your Sabres content. So 
For Chad and Keith, we are out of here this week. Everybody's winning. Everybody's happy. The Sabres go for 10 in a row on Tuesday. The Amerks look to keep their winning ways of going next weekend. So we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. See you. I am a real American. Fight for the rights of-